Welcome back to episode four of season four of the Pogo Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Pearson. We are focused this season on talking about teaching. And in today's episode, we are talking about chemical education, specifically the teaching of green chemistry in the classroom and the lab. So there's obviously going to be a lot here for chemical educators, but I think there's more. There's more for anybody who wants to incorporate something that maybe is a little bit different into their Pogel experience than they have uh, they've done in the past. We are pleased to have two guests with us today who are leaders in the Green Chemistry Educational Initiative. Dr. Jonathan Moyer is the Senior Program Manager at Beyond Benign for the Green Chemistry Teaching and Learning Community, GCTLC. Dr. Moyer received his PhD for the University of Toronto in 2016 in inorganic chemistry with a focus on nanomaterials and electrochemistry. During his doctoral studies, he was a founding member of the student-led Green Chemistry Initiative on campus, and following graduation, he transitioned to the nonprofit sector where he has managed and supported international interdisciplinary research and scholarship programs. Also with us is Dr. Alexei Luentiev. Dr. Luentiev received his PhD in chemistry education from the University of Northern Colorado in 2015. As an assistant professor in the chemistry and biochemistry department at North Dakota State University, Dr. Luentiev regularly teaches large enrollment organic chemistry classes and coordinates organic labs. He implements green chemistry experiments in student-generated instructional materials, such as infographics and student-generated videos on green chemistry in his classes. His research areas are assessment practices in organic and green chemistry education, and meta-analysis of various instructional innovations. Dr. Lewentiff is also a co-director of the Green Chemistry REU site at NDSU and assessment consultant for Green and Sustainable Chemistry Education Module Development Project. So, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Yeah, great to be here. So, our interviewer today is Siobhan Julian. Uh, due to some schedule changes, it's it's been a while since Siobhan's been with us, and we've missed her. So, we really want to extend a hearty welcome to you, Siobhan. Hello, Wayne. It's so good to be back recording another episode. So, I think the table's set. Uh, I'm going to sit back uh, along with our listeners and uh, learn a little bit about the teaching of green chemistry. So take it away, Siobhan. All right. Thank you so much, Wayne, for that introduction. We are very excited to be here with uh, our, with Alexi and Jonathan from Beyond Benign today. Uh, that is, This is an educational company that we as Pogel are very interested in what they have to do. We think they're doing some really interesting things and there's gonna be a lot of correlation between their work and our work. So we wanna start off, now some of you might not be like me and have gone to a Beyond Benign uh, workshop like 10 years ago at a New York State Science Teachers Conference. Some of you may not be like me and have a little inkling of what Beyond Benign does. So we're gonna open with that and I'll throw it to Jonathan. So Jonathan, what is Beyond Benign about? Yeah, well, thanks so much, Siobhan. So uh, Beyond Benign is a registered nonprofit in the U.S. It was founded in 2007. And the real goal of Beyond Benign is to bring about a transformational change in how chemistry is taught. And uh, our goal is really to bring green chemistry into the curriculum across all levels. So we have programs in the K-12 area, um, even as far as elementary, middle school, and then high school as well. 
and as well as in the higher education side. So we work a lot with teachers, um, both uh, K-12 and lecturers in higher ed, uh, to bring about uh, changes to how uh, courses are taught, how lectures are done, how labs are performed, what type of content students learn, all around trying to get them to think more about sustainability and green chemistry in particular as a practice for them. Yeah, that's interesting because it's very easy. I'm a high school chemistry teacher. It's very easy to just go into those standard traditional chemistry labs and not be considering necessarily, like you said, the sustainability aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of teachers, uh, I think, are sort of, um, you know, go with the, the status quo. And, you know, there are a lot of concepts that teachers are required to teach, and that's, you know, expected of them. But what we try to do is emphasize that there's a different approach you can take to teaching those traditional concepts, just through the lens of green chemistry and sustainability. And we know that that's something that students value a lot. And a lot of our teachers and faculty are interested in that too. So sometimes they just don't know where to start. And that's where we try to help them out. Love that so much. Already, I can tell you, I'll be flocking to the site after this <laughs> recording. Um, I'll throw the same sort of question to Alexi, because you have a lot of experience working in green chemistry and specifically green education. Like for you, what draws you to work for Beyond Benign? Um, so I actually don't work for Beyond Benign. No, so... I know, but, but I know you're affiliated with them, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm more of a consumer of um, the great educational resources that they generate yeah. with the community. And um, uh, they also have recent uh, initiative with Green Chemistry and Teaching and, Learn Teaching and Learning Community, which is an, um, intended to be as online hub to uh, help people to network and to facilitate that adoption process of green chemistry um, education materials. So I served on the leadership council um, for this initiative, and I was a part of the um, testing team um, for this project. And uh, Alexi, like listening to your, your intro, obviously you've done a lot of work in this area. What was really your inspiration for wanting to move into green chemistry and specifically looking at green chemistry education in the first place? Um, I'm originally, I got my PhD in chemistry education. So I was developing the assessment measures of stereochemistry. And in my first faculty appointment, I was the only um, organic chemistry faculty at the small institution at Adams State University. And it's where I uh, develop a passion for introducing green chemistry into uh, teaching because I see how much traction it gets with um, current generation of students and um, how useful that can be for them to develop new interests and to connect new concepts to what they already know from everyday life. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, really, that is one of the number one concerns for current students coming through. Yeah, and what I currently do is, so I'm trying to intersect those two communities, chemistry education research with green chemistry, by uh, providing um, assessment tools, because often when we do educational research, um, the causality of inferences become a problem. So, and with developing the better measures of students' knowledge of green chemistry and students' understanding of green chemistry and exploring the connection, the connections to um, effective measures um, can provide that uh, deeper insights onto the impact of green chemistry curriculum on students' 
uh, not only knowledge, but also about on their attitudes, sense of belonging, um, and other things. Absolutely. Uh, I love that you mentioned that you're creating assessment tools relating to that, because as, as a teacher and as an educator, we know that if you're looking to change your practice, that can be very hard. But if there are tools already out there that you can utilize, it makes it a little bit easier. So Beyond Benign uh, offers some of these some of these products that can help. And so, Jonathan, um, what does Beyond Benign offer that, te that teachers, educators, professors can use green chemistry? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Beyond Benign has worked uh, closely with a lot of um, teachers and, and um, higher education uh, lecturers and faculty over the years to help build out sort of a, li a library of existing content. And uh, it started really with the K-12 uh, sector uh, more more uh, in the early days, I guess, of Beyond Benign. Um, the focus was on elementary, middle, and high school. And there were a lot of different activities that were built as alternatives. So actually, one of our, our executive director's favorite activities is how to make lemonade. But we, we present it in a way that's um, meant to be ridiculous. So <laughs> students will, will take, you know, uh, they're asked to, um, you know, take a bag of sugar, take out a spoonful of sugar, put it in, and then take the entire bag of sugar and throw it in the garbage. And it's just meant to kind of get students to appreciate, oh, well, why are we doing that? And so this, the teachers are then uh, asking the students after, well, you know, are you, can you find ways to make this better? And students obviously mm -hmm. say, well, why did we throw the sugar out? That seems silly. We should keep it for the next time. So it gets them thinking a little bit about how uh, the chemical industry uses resources and things, how it can be quite wasteful in a lot of examples, and are there better ways to think about it from a prevention standpoint in the first place? It's an upstream approach. So a lot of our activities are centered around those types of things, standard lab experiments. We have, for example, an organic uh, guide for alternative greener lab experiments at the undergraduate level. So they take the standard sort of 10 of the standard reactions you would do in organic chemistry courses and provide an alternative greener example that you can use. And so there's a lot of those on our site. We also have um, uh, programs that include um, more sort of community building. So one of our flagship programs is the Green Chemistry Commitment. That's a program at the higher education level. And it's a signatory program. So universities and colleges can voluntarily sign on with their chemistry departments to pledge to bring more green chemistry in. And we work with those you know, organizations, those signers, to find the best approaches to doing that, whether it's, as Alexi said, better assessments, whether it's a sort of staggered approach, whether it's, you know, course redevelopment or, you know, and, and a lot of that is also connecting them back to other institutions so they can learn what have other people done that's been effective, what can they also do, um, and really building that community that's international to help as a peer-to-peer -peer support mechanism. Yeah, and that support is crucial whenever you're talking about making changes on that order. You know, you don't want to be Absolutely. by yourself. You know, you want to be able to hook, be hooked up with people who can help. Um, Alexi. I would add here that um, in the recent recommendations from the um, ACS Committee on Professional Training, uh, green chemistry knowledge is now part of the accreditation process. Mm -hmm. So I would expect in um, several years that that will increase that um, use of resources that Beyond Benign uh, has on their website and as well as on green chemistry teaching and learning community. 
are the programs at uh, Beyond Beyond the Mind and what you have to offer, is it specifically focused on chemistry education or for, have you looked at other sciences as well? Or do you hope to go there in the future? Yeah, great question. So a lot of the resources are chemistry specific. And mm -hmm. of course, in the early stages of education, especially elementary school, um, students don't always necessarily know what a molecule or an atom is. Sure. So it is a little harder to present green chemistry to them as a, a practice or set of tools or a, a sort of approach you can take. So in those cases, they tend to be a little broader, closer to so sustainability more generally. Again, thinking about the lemonade example, how to prevent waste. There's examples of uh, looking at things like shark skin, or um, we recently released a new plate to planet curriculum, which talks about um, sustainability around food and food production and distribution. Mm -hmm. So um, there's sort of a variety of topics there, but as we get to more higher levels and um, certainly more specialized at the um, undergraduate and graduate level, it is very much focused on chemistry specifically. And we dive a little more into organic, gen chem, inorganic, things like that. There, there are, however, units that um, can be introduced in um, other classes like toxicology. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it can absolutely. be broader than just chemistry. So intersects yep. with environmental sciences, maybe some biology. And you are on a Pogo podcast after all, um, talk, speaking to an audience of Pogo practitioners. Uh, how do you see... We'll start with just green chemistry. So not necessarily the specifics of Beyond Benign, but in general, how do you see green chemistry and Pogo aligning? And then we'll think about how Beyond Benign pulls in more specifically. I'll throw it to Jonathan. Actually, no, I'll throw it to Alexi first. In general, with green chemistry, how do you see that aligning with Pogo and the Pogo project? I think that there are two things that um, I want to, well, maybe three. Um, so first, those I see those both as communities of practice. So what they can learn from each other is how those two communities um, uh, function. So how information is disseminated, how communication channel works, channels work, how communication channels work, mm -hmm. um, and um, so in this way, they I see those two communities can can learn from each other. Another thing that I see that there can be also some synergy between those. So uh, green chemistry can be also introduced in a Pogel format. Um, so, for example, often when uh, students explore the greenness of um, chemical reactions, of several chemical reactions, they are likely arrive to different answers depending on which green chemistry metric they use. Mm. And in this way, it can be a very uh, nice educational opportunity to bring them uh, in a, that structured group work that you have in Pogel um, to uh, discuss their uh, results and um, arrive at uh, what the answer could be um, in this setting. We also did, uh, my graduate student, Crystal Grieger, and I, we did a survey of organic chemistry instructors um, with respect to what they teach about green chemistry and how they teach. And we found that there is a positive correlation between um, introducing green chemistry in the curriculum and using Poggle. So, uh, which is not surprising because if you are, um, uh, if you like innovations in education or if you are innovative educator, uh, you are more likely to adopt several innovations. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so with this, green chemistry can be taught in a Poggle uh, format uh, or 
can be introduced um, uh, to to students in both general and organic classes and upper divisional classes as well. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so Jonathan, green chemistry and Pogo a little bit more specified towards beyond benign. How do you see what beyond benign has to offer overlapping with the Pogo community? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, our goal at Beyond Benign is to really try to help transform education. And we see that happening through many different possible avenues and approaches. And we don't necessarily um, try to limit to just one. Um, obviously, a lot of our previous work was in curriculum development, but we've shifted quite a lot recently to helping a little bit more with community engagement. So again, our, our Green Chemistry Commitment Program is a community of signers from across the world. And we're trying very hard to uh, find and and sort of um, facilitate opportunities for them to connect, whether it's through virtual networking sessions, whether it's through other um, in-person events, whether it's through uh, collaborative work on different projects. We are now offering grants for some of our signers to do green chemistry education work at their own institutions. So there's a lot of opportunities to do those things. I think there's a lot that um, could be um, done and interfaced with the, the Pogo project as well. And um, I had the distinct pleasure of attending a Pogo workshop last summer at the ChemEd uh, conference that took place in Guelph, Ontario, in Canada. And um, I have to say it was really, really fun. It was a lot of fun to sit in, in a Pogo activity. Um, I think it had to do with banking and, and sort of um, <laughs> yep. you know, mortgages and things, which is not related to science, but it really gave a great um, overview of how the Pogo process works. And um, the best thing I could think as I was sitting in the room was, wow, it would be really great to do this, but with a green chemistry lab, right? So mm -hmm. presented with a lab, this is a traditional lab that we do in gen chem or inorganic or organic or whatever. And as a small group, talk through ways of making it greener, right? And we are actually mm -hmm. going to be doing that approach uh, to some extent, not exactly like Pogo, but we're going to do a little more hands-on workshop this upcoming summer at the biannual um, uh, conference on chemical education taking mm -hmm. place in Kentucky. So I think there's a lot of opportunity where we can um, work with the Pogol um, community to better understand how can we help um, to restructure some of Beyond Benign's existing curriculum content, existing green chemistry activities and labs, but presenting them in a, in a Pogol um, type fashion. And I think uh, there's a lot of great things that could come from that. It was very interesting hearing you talk about just how Beyond Benign when it started was really on the development of curricular activities. And now you're at a point where you're really looking to foster a community and create networks and connect people because um, that is very much, I think, where the Pogo project is right now as well, in that initially it was about the creation of uh, materials for educators to use. And now we realize that we're obviously still doing that, but wanting to strengthen uh, the community of people. So very much, I think, a side-by-side -side thing. And now we're at a point where we are intersecting. And yeah. I think the possibility for taking your curricular materials, hooking, taking your people who know the green chemistry are, are people who have the experience writing, you know, lab activities and um, class activities in the sort of a Pogo method will create a very interesting Pogo lab book of green experiments and um, 
Yes, sign, yeah. sign me, sign me up if you're ever interested. <laughs> I would love to work on something like that. No, that sounds fantastic. I, yeah. I, I, I like that direction. Absolutely, and, and you know, I think there's so much potential there, and we we we're very keen. We we know from experience that you know, while it's great to have resources, it, it is not so simple as simply plugging and playing what you're given. And a lot of um, faculty and, and teachers can't always necessarily do that. Certainly in the in the K-12 space, it's a bit different. Um, teachers tend to be looking for things they can plug and play quickly. But um, at the higher education level, and, and Alexi could probably speak to this a bit more than I can, um, it's not always easy to simply take something that's already been developed as a, as a lab and just plug it in. You might have a lot of different variables about the time available for the lab session, students, the reagents you have, you know, whatever the, the instrumentation you might have. So um, with that, we've we've learned over many years that um, you do have to have a little more um, engagement with the teachers and the faculty who are going to be using it. And you can do that in a variety of ways. The University of Oregon used to have a green chemistry education workshop they would do every summer. And it was a huge success, but they would have lab space where the participants would come in and actually try the labs with their own hands as mm -hmm. teachers and, and as faculty lecturers and lab coordinators to then be able to say, ah, okay, I can now do this in my home institution, but I'm going to have to adjust it because I know that I only have this equipment or whatever. So um, those were very effective. And we know from a lot of other um, STEM reform or STEM education organizations we talked to, it's the same thing, having that balance of the resource, but also the community to help you implement it um, those two things combined make the big make the big difference. Yeah, yeah. Because if you feel like you can't change the thing as is, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to do it. You're going to put it to the side. Right. Yeah, and helps with the adoption and sort of um, ownership too. I think if you feel that you've sort of taken ownership of whatever it is as opposed to being given it, um, I think that also helps a bit too. And and that's what. And that's where uh, green chemistry teaching and learning community can be a great help because you can um, connect with people um, who have done those experiments or uh, these uh, activities in the past. Um, or perhaps uh, Poggle people can also register there and uh, provide their uh, peer support uh, for people who, who want to bring Poggle-like activities in their um green chemistry classes absolutely absolutely so if a pogo practitioner who has experience in sort of writing pogo activities wanted to write a more green activity whether it's for a lab or something in class uh what resources would be available through beyond benign that might help them do that jonathan yeah, so um, I get, I'm going to touch on what Alexi just mentioned because mm -hmm. I you know we mentioned it a few times. So um, the the our latest initiative is the Green Chemistry Teaching and Learning Community, which we we uh, call the GCTLC. Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful, but we are very excited about this. It is our our new online platform that was launched in October officially, wow. and it is an online resource hub and networking platform where users can come in, create a profile, post in forums, comment on existing resources, submit their own resources to the open access library, which has a, a built-in um, peer review process that we try to keep low barrier. 
um, but again, is all around green chem ed resources. So if any POVA practitioners are interested, they're welcome to go to the new platform and search through the searchable library, um, post their questions into the forums. Um, you can also find an events calendar of upcoming green chem ed related things. So if we have webinars, there's conferences, um, you know, all those great things and, and a job board as well for any students mm -hmm. looking for new um, jobs, specifically with the green chemistry focus. So um, as Alexi mentioned, the goal of this platform is really to help build community and foster more connections internationally, mm -hmm. um, but have a chance for people to come in and ask questions, right? If they're, if they say, I'm not really sure where to start, what can I do? Um, the platform is a great place to go for some of that information. Beyond that, um, there are other things. We host a monthly virtual networking session called the Green Chemistry Connections. This is once a month, really focused on um, the higher education side, but it gives a chance for participants to see some of the existing things that people are doing within this space. So we'll have faculty come in and give some examples of assessments that they you know, have, have developed over the years, like Alexi, or um, you know, other lab experiments may do. We have some industry representatives come in sometimes too and talk about the connections with education and why green chemistry is important in their particular industry. And then we always have a breakout session um, in the second half, usually, well, most often, where mm -hmm. we have the participants then be able to chat, ask questions. And we have a lot of questions that come in, anything from how do I start a master's program in green chem ed to how do I get my department on board more with green chemistry. I struggle to get buy-in from my department chair. What should I do? So there's a lot of opportunities there. And similar to the connections, we have a K-12 um, specific um, virtual networking session too. It's called Observe, Wonder, Think. It runs in parallel, but is more geared towards the middle, elementary, middle, and high school levels. So all of those things together, I think there's a lot of different things. But again, um, more than happy to share some of that content out um, with the Pogo community um, mm -hmm. at any point in time. That uh, online resource sounds great. Alexi? <laughs> uh, maybe, Jonathan, could you also expand on what uh, is planned by Beyond Benign in the upcoming conferences, such as BCC and um, other uh, in-person events? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we are going to be at, we're, we try to make ourselves present at a number of conferences each year. And um, just to give sort of a sense of the ones coming up, um, we will have a booth set up at the ACS Spring um, National Meeting, which is happening in New Orleans in uh, March 17 to 21, I think it is. Um, we also often go to the ACS Green Chemistry and Engineering Conference. That's a little bit of a smaller one, um, but that's taking place in Atlanta at the beginning, mid, middle, beginning to middle of June. And then we'll also be at the Biennial Conference on Chemical Education, which will be in Lexington, Kentucky, end of July. And we will also have a booth set up there. So um, if anyone is going to be attending any of those and they want to come ask us questions, we'll have booths there. We'll have our team there. Please feel free, and we're happy to to talk to you about all things green chem ed and, and POCO related. So, awesome. So, if a green chemistry uh, practitioner wants to introduce POCO in their classes, but they have no experience with that, where would they start? So, thank you so much for asking that, Alexi. Um, POCO uh, as a pedagogy. I, I would recommend really starting with, um, first of all, go to the website, go to focal.org, read what it's about. And then um, I recommend a training, some sort of training, whether it's a workshop, uh, and we have virtual workshops that introduce the fundamentals of Pogol, 
we occasionally do like a real quick like hour long hey this is how pogo works we also have in-person workshops as well because pogo is not just a um a worksheet that students do in class like there's stuff about it so you want to have some sort of idea of how the teams in pogo work so we've got workshops that can introduce it there's also a pogo book by sean simonson that walks through some of the basics of the team formation and the different roles that are used report out strategies what if you're working in a large uh, lecture hall classroom um there's a lot of there's a resource on the website that's uh like a, a fundamentals like uh getting to know a pogo, like the basics of how it works. You can read about it there. Um, we also have a Facebook page for pogo practitioners. And this really runs the gamut from super pogo newbies to people who have been doing it before it was called pogo. So uh, if that is a great place to ask a question. You'll get a lot of responses for answers. And you'll get a lot of support too. We also have pogo uh, networking sessions that are very informal so it's a great place if you just want to kind of come and chat and it, you don't want to necessarily sit through a formal activity uh, there are a lot of ways to connect with the pogo community uh, so before you just take a pogo activity and hand it to your students and say go or maybe do a little bit of reading about you know what the pogo uh, uh, philosophy is all about but there's lots of ways that you could experience that Thank you so much. <laughs> Alexei, I got one final question for you. So you've got a teacher or a college professor who has never done any green chemistry in their class before. Where should they start if they're looking to make a change? What would you recommend? I think they should start uh, from exploring uh, Beyond Benign website and uh, Green Chemistry and Teaching and Learning. Is there a specific activity or type of lab or topic where you feel it would be make the most sense to start with? Um, I think the the one that may be a little bit easier to start, the one that connects to uh, what they already do and exp uh, exploring, starting with green chemistry metrics, um, looking at the existing labs and uh, the way they used and uh, just instead of percent yield, calculate the process mass intensity or the amount of waste that is produced in that process that can be um, eye-opening experience. So sort of swapping out a pretty basic sort of calculation statistics lab for something that is geared towards uh, green chemistry. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can do that in my class. I teach high school. <laughs> now I want to find that lab. <laughs> um, yeah. And Jonathan, any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I think that's awesome. A great suggestion. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, it, it, a lot of teachers and educators um, tend to not know where to start. And yeah. so sometimes, as Alexi said, start with the, the simplest thing, you know, you can do. Um, there's ways that you can, for example, pepper in green chemistry into lectures or presentations, or even just change it, shifting the 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 lens or the, the focus of a particular lab, right? So mm -hmm. we're doing this lab because we're going to, you know, we want to synthesize this thing. Well, we're doing this lab, we want to synthesize this thing, but we also want to measure how much waste we produce. And sometimes even just the assessments, it can, you know, it, there's much more to it, but even just adding a single question that is a green chemistry specific one, you know, a favorite one is which principle of green chemistry is addressed here or which green chemistry principles could be addressed in this lab. Do you have suggestions, right? Getting the students mm -hmm. involved in the thinking 
um, can also really help them to get engaged too. So I, I think there's a lot of easy starting points and, uh, and I, you know, I, I agree with Alexi. I think metrics is a great place to start. Yeah. And metrics is, uh, Atom Economy is one of Green Chemistry principles and Green Chemistry, 12 Green Chemistry principles. So we're all a very powerful framework to both build your instruction uh, and as well as assessment. So that can also be an entry point um, for people who want to adopt Green Chemistry. Awesome. Awesome. I love doing these podcasts because I always come away feeling like so inspired and wanting to do something else and learn something else and try something else. So thank you so much, Jonathan and Lexi, for being with us here today. We really appreciate your time. Um, I don't know about our listeners, but I'm definitely more interested to go check out Beyond Benign and see what I can bring as a high school teacher um, to that stage. So Jonathan and Lexi, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, it uh, looks like that's a wrap for Episode 4 of Season 4 of the Pogel Podcast. Certainly looks like there's a lot of common ground between the Pogel Project and the folks at Beyond Benign and the, the green chemistry community in general. So, uh, we're going to make sure that we, uh, we post the pertinent uh, URLs in our podcast notes. So, if you want to dive a little deeper, you're going to be able to do that. Until next time, this is Wayne Pearson signing off for everybody at the Pogo Podcast. Keep on pogling, and we'll see you down the road. Bye-bye.